Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young business leaders, welcome to the YBT Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 91. Uh, We have an exciting episode for you today, but I know I owe you uh, some content. I got a little behind because of being on vacation and also tracking down some good guests. Uh, The hard part about getting good guests is sometimes they're hard to get a hold of. I'll be releasing podcasts as often as I possibly can to try to keep it with the the weekly uh, schedule that we're trying to do. But uh, if we miss or we're a little bit late in getting stuff posted, it's just we're we're working on kind of getting caught back up on the content. But uh, so thank you for bearing with me on that. Um, Today, I'm really excited to bring to you Neil Ewing. Uh, Neil is a YBT member. Uh, He's been to a lot of the the different uh, YBT functions and events. And I think he's probably one of the uh, luckiest YBT people because whenever we do a raffle, I think he was the guy that ended up winning 90% of the things. So that's originally how I knew Neil. But I want to read a little bit of a bio of Neil because he's got some really uh, intriguing and exciting and relevant things going on in his business. And so I want to talk a little bit about kind of some of the things that he does, because I think it relates to a lot of things that we're hearing about in the news that we're hearing about just kind of in uh, the nation and and what's kind of going on in our communities. And so Neil is the owner and founder of Improving Lives Counseling Services with 12 locations throughout Oklahoma. He grew up in Broken Arrow and graduated from Cashel Hall Preparatory High School. He earned a bachelor's, uh, bachelor's of arts degree in psychology from Crichton University, a master's degree in professional counseling from the Illinois School of Professional Psychology at Argosy University in Chicago, Illinois, uh, a master's of business administration degree from St. Gregory University, and a master of science and management degree uh, as well. So Neil, I think you are officially the most qualified person I've had on the podcast in a long time. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. If you don't mind, uh, fill in the gaps, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Thank you for uh, having me. So um, I got the, the degrees I did because I got my master's in counseling first in order to become a counselor. And uh, I moved back to Oklahoma right after I got that. And then I worked at three different agencies in the area before I started my own private practice. And after I outgrew my private pa- practice and started an agency, I'd never had any um, classes in business. So that's why I went back to school and got my MBA and uh, the master's of science and management. <laughs> well, um, if you have 12 locations throughout Oklahoma, I think you're doing something right. And uh, I'm, I'm really honored to have you here on the podcast because uh, I'd like for you to tell the audience a little bit about Improving Lives Counseling Services because I don't think I have a full understanding of it. So I've only gotten little bits and pieces, but I'd love for you to kind of give me the, the full detail of exactly what it is. Sure. So we offer counseling services to people. It's uh, behavioral health and mental health counseling. We offer individual sessions, couples counseling, family sessions, group classes, uh, behavioral health rehabilitation services, and case management services. 
Um, not only can people meet us in one of our 12 locations, but we also meet people at their homes if they request that. Um, we can meet with people at school or even in the community. So we, we try to meet the client where they want to be met. Can you do me a favor and kind of give me a better understanding of what you mean by behavioral health? Sure. So just like everyone has physical health and it's on a spectrum, some people are healthier than others, we also have mental health and emotional health. So, um, and how our mental and emotional health is determines the behaviors that we, we have and how we act. And some people aren't as healthy or they get stuck and they struggle. And it's, it's just like getting a, a personal trainer at the gym if you want to improve um, your physique and your physical health. Um, seeing a counselor can help you get past places where maybe you become stuck or just help you improve as a person, just in general, your overall life and the goals you have and the behaviors that you have. So when we're talking about, so mental health is a really hot topic right now. It seems like it's something that comes up a lot. Uh, unfortunately, it comes a lot when, when you hear about gun violence or you hear about um, suicides or those kinds of things. Uh, so this is definitely something that I think we, we talk a lot about, like we need to, to, to get more health. We just don't know the state of mental health in our state, in our, in our communities. What would you say the state of mental health is right now? State of mental health, um, I think there is still a, a stigma attached to it. A lot of health insurance companies don't cover mental health as much as they do um, physical health. And so that's a challenge for people, um, the cost. Um, that's one of the things that we try to help people with is uh, we offer a sliding scale for people and offer some pro bono services as well for people who can't afford it and can't qualify for uh, state services, so for the uninsured and underinsured. Um, but Oklahoma in general, uh, ranked among the 50 states, um, we don't score very high for mental health and mental health services. So. So we don't score very high, like, and that's a bad thing, not like. That, correct. That is a bad, <laughs> that's a bad thing. So we're not number one in mental health, which would mean that we're, I guess, mentally sound. We are kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum. So uh, yes. one of the reasons that I wanted to have you here on the on the podcast is so um, as leaders, we I feel like we're on an island sometimes. We're we're at the top, and sometimes it it you have a challenge where you're going through things, and a lot of people are kind of dumping things on you. Like you have the responsibility; you're the one responsible for things. Um, and so when it comes to just getting frustrated or complaining or whatever else, uh, you kind of get to this point where you really don't have um, people to to, to kind of lean on if you don't have that that good group of mentors or you don't have uh, like a, a, a brotherhood, if you will, of people to uh, kind of go through life with. And I think that first and foremost, that, that that's one of the most important things that you can have as a leader is finding those kinds of people to surround yourself with. But I think what happens is, especially us as men, we don't talk about some of our struggles. We don't talk about some of the things that we go through. And I think that's one of those things. And, and, and maybe you can kind of help guide me a little bit on this that leads to probably the first stage in, in mental health, which is depression. And a lot of people, I, I kind of, you hear about it, they are depressed, but I, I don't necessarily know what that means. So what do you think causes depression and why do we, why do you, why do you think so many people are becoming depressed? So I think there are a number of causes. Um, in the U.S. culture, 
um, we're very active people. And part of the cause of depression is that people don't get enough rest. Um, just like you're talking about these leaders and stuff, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, is uh, lots of leaders, when they're at the top of their game, they aren't surrounded with a lot of people necessarily at their level. And so, like you said, if they don't have a good mentor group, um, a good mentor or a good group of people to share ideas and bounce ideas off of and discuss and stuff and be able to be there for one another and support and stuff, they can feel very isolated. So um, depression is influenced by the thoughts we have, but um, there are other things as well as um, in addition to isolation, a lot of people feel really lonely in our society, even though, you know, we have lots of big cities and we're surrounded by a lot of people. Um, but a lot of times people aren't forming those deep emotional connections and those deep grounded relationships. I think one of the things that I always think about when you, when you talk about this, cause we're, I th part of me thinks that we're, and we've talked about, I think in, in previous podcasts, we're more connected now than ever to everybody. Like I can go on social media and I can see everything that everybody's doing. I'll actually have conversations with people and they'll bring things up that I've done recently. And <clears throat> sometimes it still kind of catches me off guard where I'll be talking to them. And uh, they'll they'll bring up a, a trip that I was on or a fish that my son caught or whatever else. And I'm like, man, how did they know that? So I feel like I'm really connected to these people. But I think there's also an illusion of connection. And like you said, that loneliness creeps in. And, and I think the other side of it, too, is when you're seeing that highlight reel, you're seeing all those people that are, are only showing the 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 best parts of their life you're starting to compare and despair and and look at your life and say man my life is not like that it seems like they're always out there doing these things they're always out there um, you know going on vacation or hanging out with friends and doing all this other stuff my life is uh, not like that so therefore uh, my life stinks and and I think is it, that's where the de depression starts to sink in you're right and not only with that is like you're talking about in the media and stuff that we, you know, we hear about mental health when some, a celebrity or someone has an issue or something like that. And, you know, it's, it, it's, there's almost this contagious effect to that, um, you know, if someone famous commits suicide and then more people commit suicide. And the thought behind that is like you're saying, people look up to these celebrities and they, they see their lives and stuff and they're like, wow, their lives must be so great and stuff. And then if a celebrity gets depressed and commits suicide, then those of us who aren't celebrities, you know, who may be suffering from depression and stuff, some people think, like, wow, you had it so great and stuff. And they checked out, like, and my life's not even as great as theirs. Like, you know, <laughs> why am I going to hang around? You know, what, 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 why should I stay here? Yeah, so I, th I think what the kind of the most recent thing is uh, Anthony Bourdain, and I think the I think the shocking thing about uh, his suicide is I felt like he lived his life in front of a lot of people, and so they felt that that false relationship with him. They they were there right. for those conversations. They were seeing the people he was around. They were seeing the success that he had. They saw that he had a daughter. They saw that he had just all these different things, and yet behind that there was a battle going on and ultimately that battle didn't end well for Anthony. And I think that's what really kind of sh shook so many people and, and, and probably why it's, it's in my opinion, one of the bigger stories when it comes to mental health and everything else is because 
from all intents and purposes, we almost it felt like we had a behind the scenes look at his life, and the behind the scenes looked like it was the the life. But right. I think what we ultimately are finding out is that we really didn't know his true life. Right. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you, because uh, th- there's we, we've talked a little bit about you know, finding that brotherhood, finding those mentors, finding those kinds of people that we want to surround ourselves with. Um, and this is not exclusive to this, this show, this, 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 uh, this podcast, there's been multiple podcasts that we've talked about really the importance of it. And so I'm, I, I want to kind of show this other side of it because really when you don't have that, I think when we talk about depression and we talk about mental health, on the other side, you kind of see the consequences of not having that. There's everybody, I think, in their own mind believes that they're invincible in some capacity or that it can't happen to them. But I think, and and, and for me specifically, if I'm if I'm being fully transparent, um, I almost feel like if I'm having to get help help mentally, that I failed as a leader. Or I failed as um, uh, like, like, I'm, like I'm not necessarily mentally where I need to be. So therefore I'm, I don't want to say dumb. I don't think that's the right word for it, but there, there's not everything's where it needs to be. And so therefore it's, 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 I'm not enough at that point. And so what are some of the things that people can do or some of the things that you can encourage people to do when, when they're kind of in this little bit of a battle, they feel like they're depressed. They feel like they don't have the answers, but at the same time, they're like, man, if I, if I take that step and I go to get counseling or I go and get that, um, that mental exercise that you're talking about that kind of matches or a, a mental coach or something like that, like, like how do you kind of guide somebody through that to where they're a little bit more comfortable, uh, having that conversation with somebody? Right. And so I would talk to someone and explain it in those terms like we just talked about. Like that's where that stigma is still coming that I was mentioning is like just like what you were talking about, you know, thinking for yourself and stuff. And and people feel like, you know, this is something I should be able to do myself. And so I had someone ask me recently. She said, do you think I could get mentally healthy by reading self-help books? And I said, yes, I do think that's possible. But I said, you're going to be doing a lot of trial and error, and I think it could take a long time. I said, whereas if you go see a counselor, counselors have gone to school and gotten the education and the experience and the training in that. And I said, I think a counselor, by their training and experience, know the right questions to ask and stuff and are able to help guide you and get you there faster. So just going back to the example of like a, a personal trainer, yes, can I get physically fit and healthier on my own yes i mean there are things that i can do but if i want to progress faster that's why i take money and invest in someone who's been trained to do that who you know is able to help guide me and coach me along the way who you know lets me know these are the exercises you need to do you need this much breast in between you you know this is the type of food you need to be eating too so your muscles can work properly and stuff and so, you know, those are the types of things that I could spend my time and read books and study and learn. And, but, it, you know, by not having that education and that experience, it would be trial and error for me. And so it's worth it to me to invest in hiring someone who has been trained to do that so that I can achieve optimal results in the shortest amount of time. 
Yeah. And I think that part of the thing that I'm trying to communicate here with this podcast is that you're not a failure if, if you're, you're kind of going through that and you, we can accelerate that process. I mean, the exact same thing that you're talking about is the exact same thing what we talked about with a business coach. I had a business coach on Jeff Raver a while back and he, he was kind of saying the similar things. Yes, you can be a better business leader by reading a, a, a book about business and going to school for that. But if you get a business coach, if you get a leadership coach, they're going to help eliminate some of that trial and error and really guide you through the best possible route for you as opposed to you kind of learning the hard way. So could you get right. to the same level uh, at some point? Yes. You're just going to accelerate that process. And you may be to a point where you need that help maybe a little sooner than later. And so right. just knowing that those services are out there and available to you, I think are, are definitely things um, that are important that we definitely need to address. I want to kind of flip a little bit to the other side of it though. Let's say for example, uh, when we're looking at like the Anthony Bourdain thing, or we're even looking at friends and, and family members, um, I think there's a lot of times when you see somebody uh, commit suicide or, or have these problems, they, they put a phone number up and they say, you know, call this number, share this number. And I feel like that's definitely one solution, but I don't think it's the solution. And so I think a lot of times it takes that relationship with other people and and really for friends and family to be actively engaging with their communities and with, with uh, their siblings and spouses, et cetera. But I think a lot of times we don't necessarily know what to look for. We don't know what kind of clues maybe come out of somebody who's potentially depressed or potentially suicidal or having some challenges in their life. How, how are, or how, but also what can we look for uh, or what can be a clue to us that maybe we need to uh, lean into somebody a little bit more and encourage them a little bit more or, or try to have some of those deeper conversations. What, what does that look like? Uh, uh, on the surface level, if, if there is any clues. Well, there are definitely clues. And so some of the things you want to look for is, is there a change in the pattern of the their normal behaviors? So lots of times when someone becomes depressed, their sleeping is affected. So it can be either end. Some people, it, they sleep more and, you know, as an escape. And then other people, um, sleep less than they normally do just because they have a hard time falling asleep or staying asleep. Um, another thing that you can look at is when we're talking about suicide, the number one factor for suicide are people who are depressed. Number two is people who have like a psychotic break or something. But number three is substance abuse. So if someone you know if their substance abuse has, uh, substance use has changed, um, that could be an indicator. Uh, you know, we're talking about depression and, uh, you know, alcohol is a depressant. So if someone's drinking more than they normally would, um, that's not necessarily going to help. And that seems to be something that a lot of people turn to, you know, when they feel depressed is they use alcohol to, you know, kind of escape a little bit. So that's some of them right there. Yeah. So, so maybe you can kind of help me with this a little bit because like, I definitely have, I've, I've seen some of that sometimes. And, and part of it is just like me going, Hey man, I just can't keep up. I just, I, I can't, I can't do that. Like I'm, I'm in my thirties. It just, it, that, that I have no desire to do that. So normally that's a part where I would disassociate. So what you're saying is <clears throat> 
what you're saying is I should actually re-engage that person a little bit more uh, and say, okay, hey, why are you drinking more? Why are you doing these things? Um, and then I don't know if that's the right question though, right? Because I don't want to necessarily feel like I'm really diving in too deep. So like, what are some of the things that we can say to kind of get that conversation going to, to maybe give, an, give them an opportunity to open up? Right. So it is about having a relationship with people, like you were saying, and talking with them and just, you know, maybe taking them aside or hanging out or whatever and just saying, uh, hey, what's going on in your life? Like, you know, you seem extra stressed recently or, you know, is there something I can do to help you out or something like that? And just opening the conversation that way and engaging in conversation, um, you know, as far as these signs that we're talking about and stuff, too. Uh, sometimes it happens that people are more on edge than they normally are. So what, like what you're talking about, like maybe someone's feeling really stressed and depressed and, and a situation happens and they snap at you and then you're just like, oh, well, I need to give this person some space and back off. And, you know, maybe that's not the time to back off. Maybe that's the time to figure out, hey, what's going on? You know, like, um, you know, that's not how you normally act. Like, you know, you seem a little on edge, you know, like, you can we talk about it? What's going on? Yeah. So, so that's a great situation. So what are, what, how can we disarm that? Because like, for example, if somebody, if somebody bites my head off, right? Like I have two potential reactions. One, I match their intensity with the same intensity, if not more, or, right. or I can kind of be like, all right, there's something going on here. But I'm maybe hurt at that point, or maybe maybe I'm still angry or frustrated, kind of with what they're doing. So it's going to be kind of difficult to to kind of ask that. So I guess that's where the relationship part comes in. But what 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 would you say is if 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 somebody's just bit your head off, and I kind of come back and be like, "Hey, man, you don't normally do that," and uh, I'm noticing that you're probably more on edge than normal. Is everything okay? Do you think that's really kind of what would potentially open that door? And if they shut down that, then you just kind of let it go? Or do you just kind of keep closely monitor and keep asking those questions? I would keep closely monitoring and maybe give them a little bit of space, but then definitely come back to it maybe when they've had some time to calm down or whatever. But you're right. I mean, if someone verbally attacks you or bites your head off, like you were saying, a lot of times our natural reaction is to fight back. Right. And so um, it you know, I think a, a true good friendship like that requires, an, you know, a lot of humility, you know, so if someone does that to you, I mean, first of all, be grounded in yourself and like take a step back yourself and just be like, hey, what's going on? You know, like this person doesn't normally treat me like this. And and just to realize, hey, something must be going on in their life, you know, and um, and then to approach them to try to try to help them and try to figure out, hey, what's going on? Yeah. So what does that look like? So we're having the conversation, uh, they bit our head off, we responded in humility, and just said, Hey, man, you don't normally act like this, you know, what's going on, and they start opening up, and they're just like, I'm just not happy, I'm depressed, I'm having issues, I don't, I don't think I'm worth anything, I don't, I don't feel like uh, the world needs me around here. So we've got that response, right? And uh, right. So, so now we're like, okay, something is not right. What do we do then? Do, do we say, you know, let's, let's, who do, how, how do we connect? Like what are, what are kind of next steps there too? So I think people in that situation, uh, they, they want someone to listen to them. So they're not necessarily always looking for someone to provide the answers to them. Right. Um, but just to be there and be a presence and to listen to them and, and, you know, empathize with them and see what's going on. Um, 
But people like that, you know, they're feeling vulnerable, their self-esteem's feeling low and stuff. And so try to help them, re try to help remind them, like, what are some things that they've done that they've been successful at and stuff. And something that was told to me at a point when I was going through, uh, you know, something in my life and I was feeling a little depressed and stuff. And I had a friend who's also a counselor and she told me to, to make a list of, uh, of good qualities of myself and she's like I'll even help you do it you know and so we sat down and made this list and she made me physically write it down and then she's like I want you to read this list every night before you go to bed and first thing when you get up in the morning and I did that and that really helped so that's you know you can do something like that with your friend yeah so I is it is part of it just having that that person that believes in them that that is fighting for them that cheerleader do you feel like that is a big uh, pivotal point for them at that point it is. And if in your own life, I mean, because everyone feels sadness and depression at some point in their life to differing degrees and stuff. So if you can open up and share a time like, hey, you know, I know that this isn't exactly like your situation, but, you know, I experienced this in my life and maybe share some things that helped you, um, you know, that that can be helpful for them as well, because that helps them feel like, hey, I'm not alone. You know, I'm not going through this on my own. Like, here's someone that's gone through something similar. This person understands me. You know, it may not be the exact same situation, but, you know, this person's there and cares about me and, and you know, wants me to be happy and is here to help and listen. Yeah, and I think that that empathy is really key because now you're showing them the real side, and I'm still learning about empathy. And so it's, it's more of that compassion, whereas before <laughs> the old me would have said, well, that sucks for you. Um, I, I feel bad for you, but right. that, but that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily help that person. So like, that wasn't really empathy. So true empathy is, man, I've, you know, I've, I've dealt with that before too. I know, I know it feels like, you know, I've accomplished this or, uh, I'm, I'm happy because of X, Y, and Z, but there's a lot of times that I'm not, I look at this, this, and this, and, and, and I, and I compare myself to that and I shouldn't, but I do because it's, it's always in front of me. And I think that, if they can see that side where, you know, and, and hopefully you're somebody that they look up to, or hopefully that, that you're, you're somebody that, that they trust and, and, and they can kind of, you, you're comfortable revealing that to them, but at the same time, letting them know that it's okay that you feel that way. We all go through that and, but we also need to kind of find a way through it uh, on the other side. Correct. One of the things that I, I was kind of, uh, I kind of stumbled across and it was, and I knew where we were going to talk and I, and I, I was just kind of trying to look for things just with, with the Anthony Bourdain thing going on. Robin Williams was a while ago. Uh, and then uh, was Kate Spade. There was another one. I mean, it was just like right. all this stuff happening. And uh, some of them are like guys that are close to my age. Some of them are, are older than me, but ultimately th these are all people that uh, are hurting inside. And, and I think a lot of times they're hurting inside because they're dissatisfied with themselves. They're, 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 they're having these feelings of despair. They're having these feelings of, of depression and everything else. And I think that, I think our role as friends is, and as, uh, as a community is to really try to find as many opportunities to encourage people as we possibly can, as opposed to tearing people down. I, and I almost feel like our culture is kind of prone to that. Give somebody a hard time, maybe, maybe rag on them a little, like we're going to roast them, right? It, they don't know that I really love them unless I'm giving them a hard time. I, I know I've said that before, but I feel like that kind of works in reverse and it, it's actually kind of deteriorating our relationships as opposed to uh, building our relationships. It can. And 
um, you, you brought up Robin Williams and, you know, not long before that he had had heart surgery. Mm-hmm. And as, as we get older, I mean, life changes and, you know, we can be at the top of our game, but things, you know, you can get to the top, but then you're not going to necessarily stay at the top the rest of your life. You know, we get older and, you know, new, new people come up, younger people come up, um, you know, they've learned, society learns from, you know, the past and then people come up with new ideas and try new things and things get better and, um, so it's hard for us to stay, you know, successful people to stay up at the top. And so then when life changes and stuff, that can be very discouraging for them, you know. So as people get older, they may get, you know, have illnesses or, you know, get sick or whatever, and their physical health starts to decline. And then that's depressing for them. And to be a friend to that person and let them know that, you know, you're still valuable, you know, your life still has worth and you're lovable. And, you know, just because you can't necessarily do something that you're able to in the past, you know, you're still a good person and I love you and, um, you know, keep that friendship and to maintain that friendship. And Yeah. So as we were kind of going through that, there's a new, uh, I don't know if you've heard about it or not yet. There's a new, uh, documentary about Mr. Rogers. Have you seen the previews and stuff of that? Okay. So I grew up with Mr. Rogers. I'm assuming, you know, who Mr. Rogers is. You're in the kind of the the same age when I'm I'm sure that was on. We're, 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 we're not, you know, Teletubby kids We're we're kind of Sesame street and all that other stuff. So anyway, so I used to watch that show and I didn't think anything of it. And for whatever reason, like it was the only thing on for the most part. So that's what we watched. We didn't, we didn't necessarily have the plethora of um, content out there that we do today. And so I've been just absorbing a lot of information about Mr. Rogers lately. And I really feel like the world is, uh, has, has really lost somebody that, uh, that was doing way more good than I could have ever imagined. And, um, I encourage you to kind of, uh, whenever it comes, it's in theaters right now, but it's only in select theaters. Um, I definitely want to see it, but just from the snippets of information that I've seen on YouTube and everything else, I think that what made him so amazing in in terms of what he did, because there was nothing flashy about his show. There was nothing flashy about him. He never changed who he was. He was just Mr. Rogers and he wasn't trying to be a character. He wasn't trying to entertain kids. He was just trying to be their friend and have a conversation with them. And I stumbled across a song that he sang to a, a kid. I think that had cerebral palsy. But it's a song that he wrote, and I feel like it had really encapsulated a lot of the message that Mr. Rogers had. And I'm I'm a little kind of uh, miffed that uh, that I didn't pick up on it before, but I think it really kind of ties a little bit into some of these things that we as friends can do to help the mental health of those around us. And so I'm just going to read the lyrics. It's not very long, but uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Um, and it's a, it's a, right. it's a basically a, a song that, that he sang, uh, just like he did in, in pretty much every episode, but it's called, it's you. I like it's you. I like, there's not a thing. It's not the things that you wear. It's not the way you do your hair, but it's you that I like the way you are right now, the way down deep inside you, not the things that hide you, not your toys. They're just beside you, but it's you. I like every part of you, your skin, your eyes, your feelings, whether old or new, I hope that you'll remember, even when you're feeling blue, that it's you I like, it's you yourself, it's you, it's you I like. And I think that that's a message that we don't share enough with our friends or anybody else. And Fred Rogers was doing this in the 60s and 70s. And I think that 
you know, having somebody like that as a kind of a, a guide of what we could be and what we should be, um, man, it just it just motivates me to 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 try to be more like Mister Rogers to my friends. But I'd love to get your thoughts on that. I think those lyrics to that song are great. Um, it reminds me of a conversation I was having with a friend earlier today, and she was talking about her kids. It's summertime, you know, and kids are out of school and. <clears throat> you know, people go on vacation and take trips and stuff. And she was telling me that she feels like her kids are most authentic when they go camping together as a family. And what she was saying is she's like, you know, when we're out there, they don't worry about what they look like. You know, they're not trying to impress someone. There's not this competition. She's like, they get along the best, you know, it's relaxed. And that, I mean, that's what those lyrics are saying is to accept someone for who they are, you know, mm-hmm. and not be putting someone down based on how they look or, you know, there, there's so much judgment and stuff in society. And, um, you know, a lot of people are just worried to a very high degree about what other people think of them. And, you know, no matter who you are, you're, you're not going to please everybody all the time. So you have to figure out what's important to you, what are your values, and like you said, like, he didn't change, like, he knew who he was, he knew what his values were, and he's true to himself, and I think that's something that each of us has to, uh, has to do, is we have to become comfortable in our own skin, and realize, you know, this is what's important to me, and I'm going to be true to this, and, you know, if, if you like that, that's great, and if you don't, then, you know, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Well, being that authentic self, not just um, as a kid, but even as an adult, uh, we talked to Bryce Prescott, uh, I think it was the last podcast, and he was just talking about like, if you want to be the guy, you want to be the guy that you're looking up to, you can't be him, but you can be the best version of yourself, be that authentic self. And by doing that, you become the guy, you become the Steve Jobs, you become the Warren Buffett, you become the Bill Gates, you become the John Maxwell's, you become those people by being who you are. They're not trying to replicate or be somebody else. They're completely comfortable in their skin and they're unashamed of that. And I think if we can get to that point where we truly embrace ourselves for who we are, I think that's where we're starting to have that stronger mental health, that's that stronger resolve and, and that confidence in who we are. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you as we kind of close this out a little bit is what are some of the things that we can do on our own to improve our own mental health? Obviously, we want to encourage other people to help them with their mental health, but what are some of the things that we can actively do for ourselves? I know you talked about kind of writing down the things that you're good at and, and those other stuff. Is there any other exercises that we can do? Yes. Um we can cultivate those true deep relationships like we've been talking about where you can be brutally honest with someone. And like I said earlier, having that humility, like to be able to receive feedback from someone that a true friend like that, who will call you out when you're, you know, you're not doing things that's good for you and in your best interest. And they'll be like, Hey, like, you know, you're doing this and I don't think that's helpful to you, you know? And then, to be able to receive that feedback and to take it and listen to it and mull it over and say, Hey, is this person right? You know, like, does this person have an agenda or is this person looking out for me? Um, you know, we can eat properly. We can exercise. Um, we can watch our alcohol consumption, um, things like that. Those are some of the great things that you can do. Um, you know, continue to grow, continue to read and learn new things and, um, all, all those types of things are going to help with someone's mental health. Um, when you do things and succeed, um, that's going to help your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. 
Well, um, I think the key point to some of the things you're talking about is is approaching those relationships with some humility. Um, if you don't have that humility, if you if you get that feedback, I mean, we're talking about getting that authentic feedback and being able and entertaining the idea that maybe you're not right or maybe you don't have all the answers. I think that's uh, again that opportunity, like viewing it as an opportunity to grow and viewing that as an opportunity to be a better version of yourself because these people care about you and hopefully that you you trust who they are and and you trust the feedback that they have and instead of kind of stiffening up and just saying well screw them uh they don't know me anyway or i don't care approaching it with that attitude of humility and i think that humility is ultimately what's going to help build strength in your character build strength in your mental health and help you be that better version of yourself i agree with that absolutely I want to give you an opportunity real quick to talk about uh, your nonprofit because I know that uh, when we're talking about Oklahoma not being in a good place for mental health uh, and there's just not a lot of resources available, uh, I know you're actually starting something right now to kind of help the people that don't necessarily have access to some of the services that, uh, that they really need. So can you tell our audience a little bit about that and how they can connect with that? Absolutely. So how I came up with this idea is, you know, we've talked about that I own a counseling business called Improving Lives Counseling Services, and how I have a staff of 90-something people, and I was talking about how we get people who are uninsured or underinsured, who can't afford services, and, you know, counselors in general are very caring people, and, you know, we try not to turn anyone away, we try to offer help to people, and so each of the staff members, you know, tries to pick up a few cases that they do for free, but counselors and therapists like anyone else has to make money in order to be able to pay <laughs> their bills and live and stuff. And so they're limited by do by that, like that. And I saw that there was a need. And so we did just start a nonprofit uh, this year. It's called Improving Lives. It's separate from my business. Um, anyone that's getting counseling anywhere can um, access this and what it is is it is to help uh, people who are seeking help uh, you know who want counseling to be able to afford that and so what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, be able to pay for at least the you know the equivalent of six counseling sessions for a person uh, our first year we're hoping to help a hundred people that way because um, when people are able to pay for their services, then that's just that many more people that counselors are able to help. That's awesome. Well, uh, if you can share the website, how and if somebody's interested in, in uh, helping to support that, how do they get behind that? So um, we just had our first fundraiser last week, and part of the f the funds that we were raising for that is so that we can get the website built. So we don't mm -hmm. have the website for the nonprofit built yet, but if someone would like to help with that, they can contact uh, the counseling business, uh, the for-profit one, uh, it's improvinglivescounseling.com if you go to our website. And if you say that, you know, you want to uh, donate money to the nonprofit, we will make sure that it gets there. It is a 501c3, so it's uh, it, people that donate money, um, you know, get to take it off their taxes. So, um, and they, or they can call the phone number of our main office. It's uh, area code 918 960 seven eight five two 
and we can do it through PayPal, credit cards, checks, cash, however people want to uh, donate. That's awesome. Well, Neil, I appreciate you taking the time to speak to my audience. My audience is uh, kind of a diverse group of people in, in terms of location and gender and uh, level of success, level of uh, uh, age in life, all those different things. But I always like to give my guests kind of an opportunity to speak, speak directly to the audience. And kind of the, the target audience is somebody who's finding themselves in a leadership role, who's realizing that success is more than just a title and it's more than just a financial uh, amount in your bank account. And so what I want to do is give you an opportunity to speak directly to them. So what would you say that your message is, is to young business leaders? Well, I'd say is uh, what you were saying, just to add on to that, is, is success is more than just a title. And a lot, I think a lot of times what comes along with success is also a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that some of the best leaders are the ones that are, um, you know, don't stay, stay at the top and just bark down orders and expect everyone to do it. But they're the ones that are willing to come down and get their hands dirty and uh, and help lead that way by being right alongside with their workers. Because that, that shows other, you know, their followers and people that believe in them and stuff. It shows them that, you know, you're not expecting them to do something that you wouldn't be willing to do yourself. That's awesome. I do want to kind of briefly bring this up. Uh, I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but I don't want to uh, leave this opportunity without giving this phone number out. It is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are dealing with uh, suicidal thoughts or if you're feeling depressed and, you, and you're kind of at that, that point where you need help, uh, the number is one 800 273-8255. Again, 800-273-8255. I want to make sure that we make that available. I hope that we're not, you're not in a position where you're there, but I want you to know that it is you that I like. It is you that I, I think that is um, the most important thing, my audience and, and those people tuning in. But other than that, this content here, this, this podcast, our goal is to motivate, inspire you and help take you to that next level. But part of that process is getting to that point where you're comfortable with yourself and you're, you're becoming mentally strong. And so uh, whatever phase in life that we're reaching you out with this this message, uh, I want you to know that we're here for you. Um, we, we're here to support you. We want to encourage you. We want to find resources like Neil to put in front of you to help you realize that as you're going through that entrepreneurial journey, through that leadership journey, that there are things like depression that comes into play. There are things like uh, feeling inadequate and 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 feeling like you know the world's against you. That's part of this journey. You have to go through that sometimes. But it is one of those things where it is a journey and there's going to be parts where it's hard and there's going to be parts where it's great. And it's just navigating all the different parts of your your leadership journey and your success journey. So with that, Neil, again, thank you for being on the podcast. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the young businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.